Well, it's done. Welcome to this episode of the Text Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. What a, I guess you can say what a season it's been in basketball, but disappointing ending. Um, Text Tech falls to TCU by one point at home, 83-82. Eddie Lampkin patting Lamar Washington on the head, even though he was a bench player. Ridiculous, but... Mike Miles flopping all over the place. We're the ones that got the flop tech, whatever. Um, and then we lose at the Fog to Kansas. They win 40 straight senior day games, 67-63 over us. We had chances. Uh, we were down one. Looked like we were getting an offense rebound. Didn't get the timeout awarded to us. Harmon looked like he was getting the ball. Kevin McCore elbowed him in the back. Got the got the ball. Got the bucket. He gets a happy senior day. Texas Tech season's ends. Um, still have one regular season game left, but it's all over. It is done and dusted. Texas Tech will not be getting a, an at-large bid to the tournament. Your only hope is to win the Big 12 tournament. It's over. Um, it's a tough feeling. We'll dissect the TCU game. It's we'll dissect the Kansas game after that, and uh, then we'll move on to some happy thoughts. Uh, why this? basketball team can give us some good memories i don't think they can win it all in kc but i think they can be competitive in a bunch of games in kansas city and make a nice run to the semifinals and give us some good memories along the way and then uh we'll go ahead and dissect baseball nine and oh i think this team can actually get to omaha this is a little bit less star power than last year's team but i think a lot more depth uh there is reason to look upward for texas tech fans uh, here we go. All right. So on Saturday, Texas Tech fell to TCU by a final score of 83-82. Honestly, this was a game. It seemed like TCU controlled from the jump. Uh, not really the jump. Texas Tech got into an early lead uh, in the first 10 minutes of this game. But TCU was just the better team on the day. Uh, Mike Miles went crazy. 8 of 16 from the field. 2 of 4 from 3. 6 of 7 from the free throw stripe. It, honestly, we may have set a low, career low for Mike Miles from the free throw stripe. He didn't get kick out his foot and draw a foul on threes as much as he normally does. But he got 24 points. Uh, Miller, also 6 of 10 uh, from the field, got 14 points. They were just really fast. Amkin, or Lampkin didn't play. They, they were just a really fast and athletic squad, and it was tough for us to keep up. There was a lot of good performances from our stars. Pop Isaac struggled 2 of 7 from the field, 6 points. Uh, Fardaw's AMAC, 19 points. He uh, sneaky good, 9 of 10 from the free throw stripe. So that was 9 of his points. He was 5 of 11 from 2. Um, Kevin O'Banner was 6 of 11 from the field, got 17. Harmon, 8 of 17 from the field. Not overly efficient, but not bad, 18 points. And Tyson, I thought, Tyson, man. You know what? If there's one player you gotta love his efficiency on this team, it is Jalen Tyson. He got 12 points on six shots, five of six from the field, two of two from three. I mean, this guy is just efficient. Elijah Fisher saw 15 minutes, got eight points on three of four from the field, and made a three. Um, got an offensive board as well. So I'm gonna go on a rant about Elijah Fisher um, after I break down the Kansas game, but. Overall, you had chances, and Davion Harmon, I mean, at the end there, that layup 
to give us a one-point lead at 82-81 was insane. Just insane from Devion Harmon. Um, this is a guy that's quickly grown on, I think, all of every Texas Tech fan. He has developed as the season has played out. He has looked good. Um, just wasn't enough. Cole Coles came off the bench, got 15 points. He got 28 minutes, so he wasn't really a bench player. He got more than two of their starters. Uh, but he got 15 points and hit those two free throws. And, you know, he's a big man. I was thinking, man, I, I'd love for a big man to miss one here at least to get us to overtime. I think we can take them in overtime. But um, I just remembered how he knocked down those two free throws before that. And he did the same on those last two. You can debate foul, no foul all you want. I, I think unbiased people probably say it was a foul. I don't know if it was a shooting foul or not. You had one to give, which is what's frustrating there. Could have caught him on the floor when he was by the free throw stripe instead of when he was by the restricted arc. But um, end of the day, we can debate foul, no foul, all you want. I do want to talk about a couple of things on the officiating front. Mike Miles is a flopper to the highest degree. The highest degree. Every Big 12 fan base knows it. He's been in the league for, what, four or five years. He's done it every year he's been here. And refs still haven't caught on to this. That he just goes down at any contact and refs don't catch on to it. It's ridiculous. That four-point play, he wasn't touched. He went down. And then you know what happened on the other end? Pop Isaac goes down. It was a flop. Yes, it was a flop. We got rid of the flop warning this year. And we give up a technical free throw that they hit. And we end up losing by one. Mike Miles flopped every time he got the ball. He does that every game. And Big 12 refs still refuse to catch on. That's what's frustrating to, for me. And don't get me wrong. Mike Miles is a heck of a basketball player. He is a heck of a basketball player. But how do we get the flop instead of him? Makes no sense. None. And then, Eddie Lampkin, a guy who's not playing from the TCU bench, comes on the court and pats a player on top of the head in a taunting manner. He comes onto the court to pat Lamar Washington on the head in a taunting manner. Nothing. Nothing. Big 12 offices, I'll tell you what, and this is going to be about the Big 12 offices right here. They will address when we have security up to protect West Virginia players and one of them bust through security and sucker punches a tech student in the face. But they don't care about that. They make tech apologize for having a student get punched in the face, but they don't care about that. They did nothing uh, in 2019, when a West Virginia bench player, back of the bench player, probably working at your auto zone right now, tr literally sticks his foot out from a bench to trip Matt Mooney, possibly injuring him. They do nothing. Nothing. In a 30-point blowout when, they were getting, when West Virginia was getting their butts kicked. It's ridiculous that we haven't heard something about that. You are going onto the court. To taunt an opponent. And yeah, I know. He, he apologized to Lamar Washington. I get that. 
He also, after the game, was tweeting laughing about it. Come on. This was not an act of, oh, well, just caught up in the moment. No, man, you knew what you are doing. You knew what you are doing. You knew it. You knew you were being disrespectful. You knew the crap you, that you were doing. It was ridiculous. I know it sounds like sour grapes. I tweeted that during the game when we were close with them. That, that was just pathetic. Just pathetic. And you know what? I'm glad that my, you know what? I, I used to like this TCU team, to be quite honest with you. Against Arizona, I was rooting for them. And uh, you know what? Mike Miles, he likes to flop like a fish, and then he goes dribbles in the corner, gives up a trap, loses game for TCU. No, they lost in overtime, but they nearly lost in regulation. But this is what it is. Um, I, I will say on the game, TCU probably deserved to win that game. I thought they were the better team. I didn't think it was lack of defensive intensity. Um, one thing I will say about Jamie Dixon, he was very animated during that flop call on Pop Isaacs, which for a guy that is on the court all the time and last year injured one of our best players when he saw him coming and refused to move out of the way to be that animated about a flop when he has the biggest flopper in the league is ridiculous. But anyways, tough loss for Texas Tech there. Uh, moving on to Kansas, where um, this rant's going to be against our own team. And, and the refs, I we didn't get a call. Uh, Kevin McCorr transferred to Kansas so he could get a call. Um, he, Kevin McCorr had seven points, but there were seven impactful points. Um, Jalen Wilson was good in the post, 6 of 16 uh, for 16 points. Uh, K.J. Adams also got 14. Harris got 18, which... If Harris scores 18 on you, you're probably going to lose. Um, in the first half, this – and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the wrong box score there. I, I apologize for that. That was from the first game. Um, thought that McCor had more points. McCor had a total of 14 points. Wilson has 21. Harris had 16. And I had a Kansas friend I know DM me and say, you know, we can't lose now, McCor. Harris has more than four points. We're good. And they were. And Jalen Wilson owned you. You limited him to bad shooting from the field. He was 0 for 5 from 3, but from 2, he was 6 of 11. Uh, he kind of owned you in the paint there. I think the most frustrating thing about it for Tech fans is just you had so many opportunities in that first half in the paint. And this second half, Texas Tech came out very well. They looked good in the second half. Pop Isaacs, man. I'm just going to say it. This guy's in, inefficient right now. Right now. Right now. He's. I, I still think he's going to be a very good Big 12 basketball player. But he was 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. He hit all six of his free throws, which is great. But, man, 2 of 11 from the field ain't going to do you much. It just ain't. Not in this league. Elijah Fisher, I thought he had a productive 16 minutes. He only got two points, but he was one of three. I thought that he was really productive um, just watching him on the court. Um, it's kind of the eye test with this guy that I see that he's productive. But And you can argue me on stats all you want, but he's just a productive player. He, he is. And I'm going to get into this rant in a moment. But... Against Kansas, you shot 18.8% from three. They did not shoot well from three. It was 217 for them. This was their 40th straight senior day win. And 
you fought, you fought till the end, and you know what? You laid it all on the line in the last 20 minutes, but quite frankly, the last 20 minutes ain't gonna be good enough. It just ain't gonna be good enough at the fog. You gotta be on, out there for 40 minutes. And at the end, I, I know that Kevin McCord ran through Harmon's back. You're knocking those calls at the fog. We know that. We saw that in our first game when they were at our house and we couldn't get a call on two obvious fouls on the last possession. You're not getting that against Kansas. You saw that, I think, against Oklahoma State in their first Big 12 game. You just don't get those calls. You got to have that dog in you to fight through it. And we just didn't. We just didn't. And that's why we're going home. And I'm going to move into Mark Adams' rant here. Why in the world... Was Elijah Fisher a healthy scratch for four games during our eight-game losing streak, and now he's getting 12 minutes a game and looking productive? And I know some people say, oh, he played scared then. Yeah, you know what? If you're a freshman and you get know that you're going to get, what, two, minutes, two, three, four minutes a game, and if you don't look good, you're scratched, you're out, you're on the bench, yeah, you're going to look scared. If you know you're going to get 12, 20 minutes a game, you play a bit more free. You use your talent more. He got 16 tonight. He looked pretty good. Against TCU, he had a huge play for us. Got a steal. Got a bucket after it too. A contested bucket. Elijah Fisher is the highest rated recruit in program history. And we are probably going to have forced him out after one year. We did that with Kaval Mori. I know he was a bust, but we did that with Mari Burnett too. He's not a bust. He's at Alabama. Looking good off their bench. And the most frustrating thing about this is I just don't think we have this the dogs in our team. We just don't. And you saw some leadership stuff uh, from O'Banner and give him credit there. That's not his personality. And he tries to step out of his shell for it. Papa Isaacs is trying to grow into a leader. I think he's going to be more efficient and uh, a better leader even next year. I really believe that he will. but And Jalen Tyson is really good. He's just always active. I want to give him his flowers. Harmon seems like he's all in. But we forced out Clarence Nadoni. Guy's playing in France. Guy would have been back here last year. Honestly, what? We're 5-12 and 12 in conference play? I, I think we have three more wins if we have him. You're not... You're going to look me in the eyes and say he could have stopped one of the runs in Austin where he won us the game before, stopped the run in Fort Worth, stopped the run in, um, sorry, uh, stopped the run in Manhattan. He could have given us some dog in those last minutes against Kansas here or at home or against OU. And then Agbo shooting lights out at Boise State. They're closer to the tournament than we are. And we forced him out. We wanted to go get Kerwin Walton. What did Kerwin Walton do today? He didn't see the floor. I don't want to bag on Kerwin Walton to Marion Williams. They're going through a lot. They got two minutes combined today. They've had a tough season. But man, if it's 50-50 or even close between guys like that, you stick with the guys that have been in the locker room, that know the culture. And that's not what we did this year. And that's the most frustrating thing. I'm not even frustrated about losing McCorr and Shannon. 
You keep Malik William Wilson. You keep Agbo. You keep Nadoni, and I think this season looks a lot different. And we didn't do that. We we try to over recruit. Try to over recruit. And look, if one Demarion or Kerwin hits, then yeah, we're in great shape. But man, imagine Agbo getting ten minutes and being able to hit threes for us at forty two percent or whatever he's shooting at Boise State. Imagine Malik Wilson's defense. Imagine Dolny's just attitude on the court. Fight about him. This would be a different season. And the frustrating thing is the season's done. It, it's it, We could get good memories in Kansas City. I'm actually going to Kansas City for the tournament. If you're going, let me know. But uh, it, this season's just done. I mean, and it didn't have to be this way. It really didn't. You're 0-8. You wouldn't play Elijah Fisher during that stretch. There's a lot of blame to go around this season. And after the Big 12 tournament, I'll have a full dissection. But, man, you were close to pulling off something special tonight. And you didn't get it done. And at the end of the day, you didn't get it done. And that's been uttered too much about this team this season. And looking forward to Kansas City. Um, you're probably going to be in that 8-9 matchup with West Virginia. You have a game against Oklahoma stay on Saturday. At this point, this game doesn't mean much. It, 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 it just doesn't. I'm going to watch, but it's not going to mean much. Probably going to the 8-9 game. You're probably playing West Virginia. This is a game you can win. This is a game you can win. And you know what? If you want March Madness, hey, it's going to be March when you're in Kansas City. This is your March Madness now. This is your tournament. This is uh, where all the chips are down and you know you have nothing else to play for. So, I don't think this team can win four straight. You're probably playing Kansas in the second round. Now, I've been uh, actually, my next article on Heartland uh, will probably come out like Sunday or Monday. is 10 most improbable runs on all time. Tex Tech has one on that list. There haven't been any improbable tournament runs other than Iowa State in 2019, and they were a five seed. Um, I think your town is comparable to that. The thing is you have to play four games, and Iowa State only had to play three. So just looking at a possible bracket, you're probably playing West Virginia. I think you can go to win there. Kansas, honestly, you've played them close twice. Twice. You you can definitely beat Kansas. Kansas is beatable. I I really do. I I think Kansas is a beatable team for you. It's tough to beat a three team three times. I think you can get them this third time. You've been close twice. Then you go to the semis. You may play Iowa. You're not going to play Iowa State. They're not getting up to five. But Kansas State, TCU, or Baylor. If you play Baylor, you're screwed. Um, just in the most simplest of terms, they have to have an off shooting night. There's not much that we can do to defend Baylor. Baylor's just the worst matchup possible. They have three guard type players in Keontae, George, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler that can hit from three. Um, but, and I'm going to go more in depth once we actually get the bracket next week. Um, because I, I do think Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament will be fun. I, I mean, I'm going. I'm going to have a good time there. Um, Kansas City is a great place if you haven't gone. It's really fun setup. But 
I, I think Texas Tech can make a run. And if they can beat Kansas, they can get to the semifinal against either Baylor, they're screwed, uh, Kansas State, which you can beat Kansas State. You've done it once. Or TCU, I know you got swept. I still feel like you think you can beat TCU, especially, by the way, if they have Lampkin on the floor. He slows them down. He slows them down. And I would love to see Lampkin out there. I, I think you can get TCU. And then in the final, look, I don't think you're a team that's built to win four games in four days. Fardaws is still coming off an injury. Can he play four games in four days? I don't think so. It, to win the Big 12 tournament, if you're tech, you probably got to blow out West Virginia. You got to probably uh, have a great game against Kansas when you got to blow out and you can rest some legs. And then you probably got to get a little bit of rest in the semis to have really a chance in the final. But, um, I, I just don't think this team's built to win four games in four days. I do think they can make, make a run till Friday night. I think we could see this team play Friday night in Kansas City, Kansas City and make it a competitive game. I really do. And, um, you know, it's going to be an exciting tournament. I You know, your first-round game is going to be against West Virginia. And look, I know we have Oklahoma State today, uh, on Saturday. I, I, I don't really care about that game. It's a throwaway game. Oklahoma State beats us, improves their seat or their NCAA tournament odds. That's great for them. I hope West Virginia beats Kansas State, so they're already in, and we can just go beat their butts and uh, advance to the quarters with it, and they can still go to their tournament and feel fine, and all the fans leave happy. But this team just can't win four games in four days. There's not the depth. There's not the shooting. There's not the guard play. You don't have enough depth at center. Bacho's still out, and even if he comes back, he's not 100%, and Fardoz isn't 100%. Um, you, you, you can't win four games in four days. This was your last chance to save your season. You could win your first two, beat Kansas, beat Oklahoma State, then go win two in KC and get in, but this was pretty much it. It'd take a minor miracle now. You're just not healthy enough. And I, I do think Texas Tech is going to be one of the best teams in NCAA tournament history to not be considered for a tournament bid. Like, seriously. It, you ran out of juice. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I'll have a full breakdown after we get knocked out of Kansas City. But anyways, we're going to move on to happy thoughts. Texas Tech baseball is 9-0. and And I'm... I, I'll tell you, I've already been planning a trip uh, for Omaha for this one with some friends that went to school in Omaha. But still, you know, getting ready for that, you swept Gonzaga. Western Illinois wasn't the most pretty. First two games went perfectly, 11-3, 24-9. Then you were in a tight one Saturday afternoon. You won 6-5. Then you won 14-8, and pitching was a challenge. Pitching has been a challenge. I still think you have three really good starters, and you have a decent bullpen, and you're kind of doing all all hands on deck because this week you had Air Force on Tuesday. We won 9-4. You're probably listening to this after we play Air Force on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central. Um, But at the Shiners Classic in Houston, you have Rice on Friday at 11 a.m., Michigan Saturday 11 a.m. and A&M on Sunday at 7 p.m. I will say we got screwed on these times. We got screwed on these times, and I don't get it. Make Texas Tech Texas A&M Saturday night. 
Give us the 11 a.m. game. If you're going to give us an 11 a.m. game on Friday and Saturday, fine. Whatever. You're giving us that Friday and Saturday. Fine. Don't give us a night game on Sunday. Nobody plays night games on Sunday in college baseball. Nobody does. <sighs> That's brutal. That's a brutal stretch. I, I was mad when the schedule came out like a month ago. But, you know, I'm excited to beat AM. They're number 15 in the nation. I think they just lost two of three to Portland. I may be getting my P's confused. It may be a different team. But they're not they lost two out of three to not a good team. You should beat AM. And you know what I'll say about this? I, last thir, last year on Thursday, I was livid when we lost to Duke. I was down bad. I was depressed. Everything. And that Friday, Kurt Wilson steals home against Texas, and we're back. You know what? This Saturday, we finish our regular season against Oklahoma State. Doesn't really matter. Our season's pretty much done. But then the next day, we get A&M at 7 p.m. Uh, you know, I don't like the 7 p.m. Sunday games. But, hey, we get A&M. Uh, hopefully, we get something from the baseball team to spark it. This baseball team is good. It is deep. Gavin Cash is a good. Good. <laughs> Um, our starters are good. Bo Blessy, I know he came out, uh, I believe, with like an elbow issue today. Um, seems minor. Seems like something you just, you don't pitch him until Big 12 play. Maybe the series before it. Um, but looking ahead, you have New Mexico on Tuesday at 2. Um, I don't mind playing New Mexico. I know some people are anti-playing New Mexico and New Mexico State. That's not me. Whatever. They're close enough. Bring him on in. Hey, play them non-stop in the non-con. They're decent non-con opponents. They're not good at all, but it's whatever. Then you get Iowa, UT Arlington in a weekday series. Then you get to work against Oklahoma State at Dan Law Field. And then you go to Austin. And by the way, the Longhorns have been awful. Hey, we're going to talk. I've been talking about bad news about other teams. Or about our team. In basketball, I want I want to give you all some bright spots. Texas does not look good at baseball. They do not look good at baseball. I I just want to read their results to you in baseball real quick. I'm sorry, I'm pulling them up right now. They lost to Arkansas three to two, not bad. Lost to Missouri six to five, not bad. Lost to number ten Vanderbilt twelve to two, bad. I know they beat AM Corpus, and then they only took two out of three against Indiana. They have not been looking good at baseball. There is room to jump on them there. But uh, some brighter news at laughing at our rivals, since they're probably laughing at our baseball team right now, or our basketball team. Baylor. I don't know if they can beat Iowa State's club team right now. They beat Central Michigan to open the season in 10 innings by one. Then they lost to Central Michigan 20-5 at home, then 4-3 at home. They beat Houston Christian, Houston Baptist, whatever they call themselves. Then against Duke, they lose 20-1 on Friday. This is the school, by the way, that we beat to go to the College World Series back in 2018. 22-3 on Saturday, and then 10-3 on Sunday. And then 8-3 to to UTSA today. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I needed some good news. And laughing at our rivals baseball teams is good news. This uh, baseball team, we haven't seen enough yet. We're going to see a lot at Minute Maid Park this weekend. 
Um, let's go beat those Aggies. You know what? They're, let's go beat those SECs. I, I feel like they are the best recruiting class in the sense that they get the guys who, like, bribe uh, recruits, give them an extra start to bump them up a bit, get them a bit better colleges, a bit better scholarships, and that's kind of what A&M excels at, uh, spending money to get recruits that just aren't as good. Um, we'd beat them. I I think our team would beat them in basketball this year. We'd beat them in in football this year. And I think we're going to go beat them in baseball this year as well. So that's going to do it. Um, not a good day to be a red Raider, but we did win the track and field indoor championships. And by the way, in the 60 meter hurdles and 60 meter dashes in the big 12 finals, Combined 16 lanes, lanes, we had 11 guys in the final. 11 out of 16 in the 60-meter dash and 60-meter hurdles came from Texas Tech. Nine teams in the Big 12 sponsored track, tracks, track programs. And we had 11 of 16. I mean, that is impressive. Um, overall, a tough day for us here, but, um, you know, I think we're going to have fun in Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to be fun. I don't think we're going to be able to get a tournament berth, but I think we're going to have a little fun. And then after that, we're going to move over to baseball season. And all is going to be right in the world because we'll find ourselves in Omaha. I truly believe that. And uh, so wreck them. Today sucked. uh, But better things lie ahead.